The Cleveland Browns have traded for Mari Cooper, but are they done in free agency at the wide receiver position? Yes, the Browns are talking about the quarterback position, but is a viable upgrade available to them in 2022? And the importance of getting some defensive line help right away here in free agency can't rely on rookies in the trenches in the NFL. All of this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, show itself at Lockdown Browns, follow back the count, everybody knows the drill by now. Uh, appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, day in, day out, uh, whatever uh, app you use, get your podcast, make sure you're subscribed and following the Lockdown Browns podcast five-star ratings, written reviews. It is here. Legal tampering day is here, 2022. Uh, Brent Sobolewski from Bleacher Report is in the house. I'm going to get to a bunch of things here today, just as uh, obviously today will be a wild, crazy day, hopefully for your Browns, and we'll see how wild and crazy and just exactly where it goes. Uh, For the Browns, Brent started over the weekend. Uh, The acquisition for Amari Cooper, this was a position where I thought it just ended up kind of be a, a favorable spot for the Brown as far as Browns as far as compensation. The one thing that I did take away from it is it did seem very much like the Browns felt if Amari Cooper got to the open market, it was not going to be such a slam dunk that he and Cleveland would connect. They get Dallas to find some compensation they felt comfortable enough with to accept. But either way, um, big upgrade to the wide receiver room, solid route runner. Most importantly, probably just a quiet, quiet individual at the wide receiver position, which I think we could drastically, you know, drastically use here in Cleveland. But Brett, Amari uh, Cooper, newest fold to the Cleveland Browns. Yes, and I think it's a good point that you start with when we look at controlling the variables, and that's essentially what the Cleveland Browns and general manager Andrew Barry decided to do. When you look at what was available on the market, it was dwindling quickly. When you had Devontae Adams franchise tag, which was expected, Mike Williams signing a long-term extension, which was somewhat expected, you're you're talking about the top two options on the market. Uh, We knew Michael Gallup was going to be another guy that was already talking extension a week ago when we were at the NFL Combine. So these were legitimate targets that would have been of interest to Cleveland had they hit the market because at that time when we were in Indianapolis – you know, sources had stated that the Browns were going to be, quote unquote, major players in the free agent market, specifically wide receiver. So when you look at it and those those alternatives were starting to fall by the wayside. Now, who do you have left? Right. You have Allen Robinson. Maybe you're looking at Christian Kirk, Amari Cooper, if he was released. So instead of trying to wait till the market opened and having to compete with multiple other teams that were going to be interested and potentially be more favorable destinations, let's not even say potentially, more likely to be favorable destinations, you go out and control the variables. By that, I mean you make the deal, 
you absorb his current contract, which by the way is 20 million in base salary in each of the next three years, and you land your wide receiver one. Now, the next step's important. What do they do with Cooper when it comes from a financial perspective? And that's what we're waiting to see. Are they going to re restructure his deal? Not necessarily taking money away from the, the wide receiver. Why would you do that after trading for him? You want to make him happy. But you can change it in a manner where you can convert some of that base salary into a signing bonus, change the, the NFL accounting, even though the cash flow is the same. So that's what I'm waiting to see. That's what I want to know what the team's going to do forward, moving forward. Because they're still, with new league year pending, we need to know how certain cap restrictions are going to be fixed whether that is just generally speaking from restructures to get under the 2022 salary cap, potentially moving on from the likes of Jarvis Landry and or Austin Hooper. A lot to go on still. It's it's going to be an interesting day. A, I expect to be a event-filled day overall, not just for the Cleveland Browns, but for the entire league. We've already seen so much movement already. But it's definitely one of those weeks where – the entire landscape of the NFL tends to change. And if you're not keeping up with everyone else and you're falling behind, and that's where the Cleveland Browns can't go based on what they did a year ago. Uh, and as far as the wide receiver position, and, and it's not to say that, you know, there's a way to, you know, bring in, you know, some, you know, uh, you know some youth here in, in the draft, but I think the position they're in, the spot they're in with Baker Mayfield, if they're actually in it with Baker Mayfield or whatever spot they're in here, um, you know, year three after a you know disappointing year two for this regime, you don't necessarily want to be put in a position where you've got to count on rookies and oh my god, will they develop? You know, at an accelerated pace. Um, it, it's not going to behoove them in that way. They kind of need to go a little bit of an established route here. Again, not saying that they can't you know sprinkle in you know a rookie in the wide receiver in the draft in here somewhere. Um, you know, we hear Jarvis Landry, you know, I, I think Jarvis Landry and his age, agent got a real dose of reality, probably by speaking to some other teams about what the actual market is for a player of Jarvis Landry at his age. And the fact that there are now a million slot wide receivers in the NFL, some of which Christian Kirk's going to sign for 15, 16 million dollars. Um, so Jarvis in a tough spot there. You're hearing names like they probably still have some interest in Allen Robinson. Uh, now, Brent, you think this is something they're looking to maybe get done here in the next couple of days. Let's just get one more veteran. We've got a third year guy. We've got a, uh, we've got a second year guy at a wide receiver position. Um, I, I think, it, you know, a lot of it could come down to money. Obviously they have a lot of vested into it to Amari Cooper right now, but do you still feel that they are strongly in play here for a free agent receiver over the next day or two? Relatively based on what's available and Jarvis's situation, because if you go into this, I know a lot of Browns fans are huge supporters of Jarvis Landry, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he's given everything he could to the organization. But this is a purely a financial decision. You're talking about a 29-year-old wide receiver going on 30 who has a $16 million salary cap hit. If you kept him at the current salary combined with Amari Cooper, then essentially you're worse off than you were a year ago because you would be at $36 million for the 2022 season when a year ago you had – OBJ and Jarvis, and they were at, what, 31.5 combined. So that, that's counterproductive. That's why we know the organization was trying to renegotiate his deal, at least to restructure it. Jarvis wants more years. Team isn't necessarily willing to tack on extra years. 
um, that they would want to change the deal so it would lower the base salary, potentially create incentives. To me, that situation shouldn't drag on too long simply because if you can't come up with a deal, if you're far apart, you want to give Jarvis the opportunity to test the market earlier rather than later, just to be fair to him. And we've seen Andrew Berry operate that way previously. So that's not something that's out of the realm of possibility. With that said, you still have Cooper's deal you have to work around and how much you're going to invest in, in the position. Cooper is now clearly your number one guy. You have two tight ends that are have very large cap numbers. They're going to be a big part of your offense. So what do you invest relative to the second wide receiver on your team? Now, we can argue whether the team actually decides to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Seems unlikely or le far less likely now than it was a week ago. Maybe a Russell Gage, maybe a DJ Chark, maybe guys like that who are coming off their initial contra rookie contract would be much lower salary cap hits that would be secondary options. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is this, at least as an organization, are we now the type of place that those, those free agents want to sign with? And the reason I ask that is, look, we're talking wide receivers here. This is a run-based offense. These guys know they're coming in. They're not going to get 100, 150 targets per year. The majority is going to go to Amari Cooper. The next step is the tight ends. So it's going to be a hard sell. It really is. And maybe you can bring in a guy like Shark. I'll use him as an example. Coming off injury-plagued year, barely played last season, hasn't been a 1,000-yard receiver, and it's been two seasons past. So one year, seven, eight, maybe million-dollar deal, let him prove himself, and he can go back into the market. To me, that's the type of situation you're looking at based on where the team currently stands. I do agree with you. Uh, and look, it was, a t you know, in the same respect where we talk about, you know, trading for Amari Cooper and the importance of doing so because it's not the most appealing position in the world. A, number one, your offensive system. It is one that feeds the family. A, number two, the quarterback situation. And we're going to get to that here. And, you know, it, it's worth talking about. I, I still, and I will die with this. We the quarterback is here for 2022. There could be a lot of conversations. We're going to get to it here with Brent, but I don't see where the change is essentially going to come from. Come from this year, but we're going to get to this. Moving on here, Brent Sobleski, Bleacher Report in the house, folks. Buckle up, get your coffee if you need to. Order two. Make sure you got food in the fridge. Whatever. It's going to be a wild day as NFL legal tampering begins here today on Monday at noon. It is that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions Bet online where the game starts. Brent, look, obviously, I mean, if you wanted to put it into the simplistic form that you possibly could, the Browns are talking the quarterback position. Look, your quarterback obviously had a difficult season in 2021, injured. We know the deal. Um, now there's maybe some talks. And as far as, you know, is there a rift between Baker Mayfield and Coach Stefanski? 
Look, Baker Mayfield, and as you were trying to go towards your you know, your extension on being a former number one overall pick, you're looking, you know, towards that extension. And usually what drives extensions, what drives money in a big contract extension? Statistical output. There's just no way around it. Um, Baker Mayfield has to decide and get comfortable with the fact that if he's going to be a successful quarterback with the Cleveland Browns, his name's not going to be mentioned with the, you know, Patrick Mahomes of the world, the Josh Allens of the world. His statistical output is not going to come near those players. Um, you, you hear the name in the mention, you know, Deshaun Watson. I don't think the Browns, if the, when the Browns inevitably move on at the quarterback position, whether it's this year in a few years, the way this regime would do it, it would be drafting a quarterback. It's not going to be spending seven draft picks. It's not going to be sending two young players that they've worked to this point to develop to bring in uh, another quarterback. That'll be the route they go. I, I I just don't see another way looking at it from an analytic lens. But, you know, and they wouldn't be doing their due diligence, Brent, if they weren't discussing it. And, you know, as they say with everything, we have to look at every position on our roster every day and see if there's a possible way to upgrade it. They're doing that. They're talking about it. I just don't see a way it lines up. I mean, obviously things changed here. One less seat open in the NFL with Tom Brady saying, you know, I've been home for 40 days. Uh, yeah, Giselle's hot. The kids are cool at all. But I've only done one thing for 22 years, and I'm going to continue to go do the one thing I've done for 22 years. Uh, so, obviously, one less seat open in the quarterback carousel. But, you know, they're doing what they have to, Brent. I just don't see any way, you know, and the key phrase to all of this is a significant upgrade. Yeah, You know me, Jeff. I, I try to be as consistent as I possibly can, particularly on social media. And, I've poked the bear multiple times, and people think that in doing so, it's a defense of Baker Mayfield and the in the caliber of player he is. And, and nobody's kidding. Look, we're not kidding ourselves. He didn't play no. well in 2021. We know this. There's no lying. No, we're not sitting here telling you this is a top 10 quarterback. Was he at one point for a stretch? Yes, we can we can show that based on advanced analytics. Was he that quarterback last year? Absolutely not. And there was a multitude of different reasons. It's not excuses. It's just reality to know that injuries played a part, that issues within the organization are obviously there. But if we cut to the heart of it, it's very simple. And this is the message I've had all offseason. Baker Mayfield is the most logical path forward for the Cleveland Browns in 2022 because viable alternatives are lacking. That final part is very important. So all these pie-in-the-sky hopes of getting Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray or, I mean, let's take a step down, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, there wasn't as much substance there as people thought there actually was. And, and quite frankly, it's not surprising because teams aren't going to get rid of solid to very good quarterbacks if they can't if they don't have another one. Because they would be sitting in the same exact position the Cleveland Browns currently are. So <laughs> that's where you have to understand the logic of all this. And why when we say that Baker is almost certainly the option forward into this season, it's because you don't have a better plan. Some may say it's Deshaun Watson. Okay, let's, let's put the off-field personal stuff aside because I know both of us feel a completely different way about him there than we do what he can when it comes to the gridiron. Cleveland's not the top destination for Deshaun Watson. And some may say, well, just throw more 
assets at them. That's not how this works. Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. He's going to dictate where he wants to go. If it's not Cleveland, it doesn't matter damn well what they offer because he doesn't want to be there. So that's why you have to understand that, yes, they can they can survey the landscape, make inquiries, but it really comes down to the player at hand, not necessarily the team. From that point forward, where do you go, right? Are you talking Marcus Mariota? Are you talking Mitchell Trubisky? Are you talking about dipping into the weakest quarterback class we've seen since E.J. Manuel went in the first round? Come on, man. This is what you, these are your alternatives. This is what you're talking about. And I'm not, it's not a defense of Baker Mayfield. It's simply that you don't have a better option right now. <laughs> and so you need to accept that. You need to see what he can do in a fully healthy season now, now in his third year within this scheme. You have, he has one year to prove himself, the fifth-year option. If he doesn't, fine, you move on. If he does, you reevaluate and you re-enter negotiations. That's, that's about as simple as I can make it when it comes to looking at where the Cleveland Browns stand at the quarterback position. And, 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 and the craziest thing, and everybody, the way they look at this, this could totally blow up in the Cleveland Browns' face. You know, Baker Mayfield could go out there and perform like he did to close out 2020, the way he began 2021. He puts that together in 2022 with Amari Cooper, with knowing the offensive line is going to be intact. Obviously, you still have a fantastic running game. You have a defense that's probably going to be even better in 2022, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, but they did certainly some work to be done there. But this could blow up in the Browns' face because – you can now have a situation where if Baker Mayfield plays extremely well in 2022, this team hits goals and aspirations that they thought they were going to have in 2021. They hit him in 2022. They are now stuck with a point of, you know, where Baker may have a number that gets exorbitant. Uh, and all of a sudden now here is essentially Baker Mayfield holding the cards and not necessarily Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns. Apologize, excuse me again, my, my boss <laughs> just messaged It's going to be me. a busy one today, folks. It, it is, man, and I'm not trying to ignore you, but it's just a million things going on at the same time. So please restate the question. But basically what I'm saying is this is a position where this could blow up in the Browns' face. Baker oh. Mayfield could go back and play like he did last year in the beginning of this season, put that together over a stretch of 14, 15 out of 17 games this year. This team reaches the heights and destinations they were you know, hoping to achieve last year, and now all of a sudden Baker holds all the cards. I, personally, I think there's there's a middle ground here that we haven't been attached to yet, that you're in the extreme. Either you think the injuries basically absolve Baker for his play, which they do not, or you think he's absolute garbage, which he isn't. There, There is middle ground between those two points. There's middle grounds between what we saw with the Cleveland Browns and over the last two seasons. And that's, and that's what people have forgotten, right? Look, I understand 2021 was a disappointment. I get it. High expectations. But we have to keep everything in context. This was the fourth best record the team has posted since 2000 or since 1999, right? Yes, they just missed the playoffs. Yes, they were, I will say 500 since 500 isn't a thing anymore. But if you're, if you're going to be, you know, eight, nine, nine, nine and eight, they're eight, nine, no eight, or eight and nine, you're 500, right? So your 500 team, you literally win the playoff hunt until week 17, right? You had it all in front of you. You just didn't finish, okay? So think about that a second. Think about all the years of disappointment Cleveland Browns endured. 
two and twelve or two and fourteen seasons, three and thirteen seasons, top five pick after top five pick after top five pick. You already want to basically wipe the slate clean when you just missed the playoffs, when you had injuries, when you had all these things that went wrong for you. And so I, to me, I'm looking at it as this team probably isn't a Super Bowl contender. I think that's very high on the horse last offseason. But I'm also looking at it as like this team isn't god-awful, which is the way it's almost been portrayed this offseason. Baker sucks. You need to move on from this guy. You got to do that. Restructure this guy, so on and so forth. And there's a disconnect from the reality that what happened a year ago compared it to the previous season. To me, that team falls somewhere in between. Still highly talented, still very capable, still a potential playoff uh, roster. So it comes down to adding the right pieces based on what's available to you to build up your team and get back to where you should be because you're good enough to be in that spot. You look at everything that went down last year and how bad it was. And at the end of the day, you say it was still eight and nine. Um, and that's pretty remarkable in his face that it, it, it was eight and nine. Cause you know, the way it was spoken about the way that season was talked about, you would have thought that this team is drafting in the top five, you know, at the end of April. And it's certainly not the situation that they are in. Um, but look, you know, it's not the best of situations right now. And I'm sure Baker being injured and going through a rehab process is probably not the best thing for all parties involved right now. Um, you know, I'm sure they would like to be, you know, a lot further down the path as far as preparing for 2022 than they are. There's nothing you can do about it, you know, and this is a situation where, you know, they need each other, um, you know, for Cleveland, there isn't the answer this season um, for Baker Mayfield. There's not anywhere else really that any, you know, any doors are opening up where they're saying, all right, I'd love to have Baker Mayfield be my QB one this season. The best result for both parties is, is, you know, that 21 was a mirage and 22 will look more like 20. He'll play more like the quarterback he played in 2020 and 2018. You've obviously already put a serious chip in there to hopefully ensure improvement within Baker Mayfield within the passing game that you so desperately need in a player like Amari Cooper. Uh, so we've gotten to a bunch here. Uh, Going to continue to roll on through here. Um, and as much as you know, we, we talked about this, and I think this was the importance of the move for Amari Cooper, is there is a lot of work to be done on the defensive line. We're going to get to all that here going forward a little bit. Brent Stoveleski, Bleacher Report, in for the ride. It is tampering season in the NFL. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, simony eat churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be some of your new favorites. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Bilt.com, scroll down the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low in carb. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 80 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, 
and out this month, new white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Brent, with the acquisition of Amari Cooper, and we tried to tell people a little bit in the past here that 13 was more open and in play uh, for not just a wide receiver as much as it was a defensive line, uh, you know, defensive lineman. You look at here and defensive tackles, it's been an issue for the Browns. It's, you know, look, defensive tackles has been an issue for the Browns since I've been hosting this show in 2017. They've never really gotten a recipe to make it right. Um, you know, you have some veterans that are here on the market. Obviously, you need somebody to help to come in and help stuff with the run. It's been an Achilles heel for this defense for a while. Uh, 13, you know, you're looking to add pass rushers. Thanks, Ben Albright, for you know, floating and maybe a name like Von Miller, because when Von Miller doesn't come to Cleveland, everybody's gonna lose their damn minds because they thought Von Miller was a lock for Cleveland. But it's easy, folks, easy with that um talk. But you know. You're looking here, Harrison Phillips, B.J. Hill, D.J. Jones. There are guys that can come in right away and obviously help with this defensive line work. The Browns need it. And to think of it that right now, as much as everybody wants to talk about other spots on this team, Brent, there's maybe three guys who are a lock as defensive linemen to make the opening 53 for the Browns right now. There is significant work to be done here. Yes, and only one of them should be perceived as a starter, and that's Miles Garrett. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just because I said lock didn't mean they were starting <laughs> Yeah, the only reason uh, guys like Elliot and Togi are lock is because they're recent draft picks, <laughs> and they are, and they're <laughs> going to need depth. So, looking at it, you're you're potentially in the mood in the position for three of your four starting defensive linemen. That's not good. That, Second year in a row. Second yeah. year in a row. Now, I'm not going to completely discount Jadavion Clowney coming back. I understand that he wants to test the market. But we've seen how the market has gone for him well, the we've, last two We've talked seasons. about this a little bit. Look, Jadavian Clowney, he leaves. This is team five. How many more wells are there for you to run dry? I mean, mm-hmm. and the other thing is he's in a similar spot as Jarvis Landry where, hey, if I can get somebody who's maybe two years younger, maybe that guy is more interested, appeal to me. Yeah, so I, expect, I, one, I, I will say this. I, I expect Landry to test the market and not find what he's looking for again and then potentially come back to Cleveland. And I think that possibility remains open. And I don't, I, I believe the front office isn't ruling it out. So we'll keep that in the forefront of our minds because quite frankly, the amount of edge rushers out there, at least decent that fit the profile of Cleveland wants aren't plenty, aren't plentiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> but defensive tackle is plentiful. Then there's plenty of guys that fit the mold of what they're looking at, what they're looking at. So specifically for what Cleveland needs, the two top names for me would be Harrison Phillips and Futakase from uh, the New York Jets. And the reason why is simple. They're run defenders. Look, I get the whole value of wanting guys that can collapse the pocket to do things like Aaron Donald does. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Donald's out there or anything like that, but just guys that can create havoc and win one-on-one matchups, right? But you can get that by re-signing Sheldon Day, go out and get a Harrison Phillips or Futakase and let them win at the point of attack. Harrison Phillips was the sixth best interior defender against the run last year. Think about that a second. A top 10 run defender is entering the market 
and no one's really talking about them. Like, I know Cleveland Browns fans mention them, but the quality of that type of player for what you're asking and what you need is a big deal. Now, Fudakasi is different because he didn't grade as highly, but it's not necessarily based on his performance. It's based on usage. He's not a every-down player. His snap rate's going to be lower. Maybe you put him in a position where he has an increased role, and you can see how he develops because he's certainly a monster at the point of attack. So I, those are the type of guys I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone. The way the Brown system operates is you need to have those guys in the middle that creates a strong point of attack, a lot, um, forces the ball to bounce out to eat the playmaking defensive ends or the fast running backs or running backs, linebackers playing or scraping over the top of their defensive line. When you get that, it starts with those guys in the middle. And I always call defense tackle the tip of the spear because they're setting the tone. They're doing the work that no one else wants to do. They may not get the recognition, but if you don't have a good one, as we saw last year, you see what happens and it completely changes the complexion of your defense. So to me, the concentration will start at defensive tackle. Defensive end can come, whether it's through a minor signing, bringing Clowney back, or investing in a first-round defensive end. Either way, I mean, look, you're going to dip there a lot. Uh, obviously, you're, you know, going to put a couple of you know pens in the ink here on both of these positions. Um, you're certainly going to want to you know be get, getting you know some sort of veteran in here. Um, to, you know, pick 13 and look, you know, the Browns for the most part they like to bring their rookies along slowly. Um, but again, you you usually you know what do you look to do you know with any NFL draft? You look for the fact that hopefully it matches up where your team needs are. When you're talking anywhere from you know four to five edge players, you know mentioned reference within the top fifteen, top twenty, you hold selection thirteen. Um, you know, it certainly appears to be that way. And the thing, look, and I get it, defensive tackle, but it takes time. And look, we're already seeing this with Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. Between the two of them, there's three years invested, and we're talking about these players that we don't think either one of them is capable to start here. So now, if you go draft another rookie defensive tackle, are you putting him out there? because he was drafted in the first round? Or are you putting him out there because he's ready to be out there full-time? Usually you want to go the veteran route here. So looks at 13, you know, even more appealing towards edge rushers, you know, whether, I mean, and I think for most of us, I, I think it really seems to be the one guy that's probably lining up as far as you know, Brown's you know, wants and needs at 13. George Karloff just absolutely looks the part in every way possible. Uh, just an all-around insane athlete as a kid. Obviously you've got to Purdue, you know, mainly focused on football the game grew but there's options here Brent and you know at 13 and again I don't think this is something where you know yes they can bring him in they can start him but you certainly want you know some veteran there and it's you know, not just Miles Garrett look and it's kind of hard for Miles Garrett to talk to other players because oh well this is how I beat him well that's great I am not the greatest one of the greatest athletes on the uh, on the planet Miles so if that's how you beat the guy that's great there's nothing I can do about that I don't have that type of ability so you have to keep in mind with that but you know getting it here and I think it's just it makes a lot of sense here to you know you're going to attack it both ways free agency and the draft here but you're needing right off the bat I, I think you need to address the starting defensive tackles to free agency and you can understand you can get an athlete at 13 at the edge position, who's certainly going to need some work, need some refinement, but you're probably a lot more comfortable going with that route. Otherwise, what was the point of building this great defense if no team's ever going to bother throwing the ball because they know they can just shove it down your throat? I agree. And we've talked about this before on social media that 
defensive tackle is just the most logical path forward. It even went before the Amari Cooper trade, right? Because the ability to lure a top free agent wide receiver was going to be far more difficult than a top defensive lineman. Because for a defensive lineman, your selling point is, hey, look, we're a top 10 defense. Hey, look, you get to play next to Miles Garrett and maybe Jadavion Clowney. Far easier sell on those type of prospects than it would be for a top wide receiver. Now, with that said, looking at the 13th overall pick and where they stand for a defensive end, you mentioned Karloftis. I'll throw another one out there depending on where he ultimately falls because there's vastly different opinions on him as a player is George's Trevon Walker. Uh, now you want to talk about a physically gifted phenom Walker falls into that, but he's also, and I've made this comparison on Twitter. He's the defensive version of Malik Willis, meaning he is raw as raw gets. You have all the upside in the world. If you can harness properly and develop him, he's going to be just absolutely spectacular. If you don't, then it could be a spectacular failure. So maybe a guy like Walker, if he fits into that mold of what Cleveland likes, which he does, underclassman, premium position, power five uh, program, right? Uh, I think he's only 21 years old. So he hits all the guardrails. Maybe you put a guy like that opposite Miles Garrett and let him learn because he's one of the few guys that athletically – is actually close to Miles Garrett. <laughs> so if he's if he's available, it just depends on how high other organizations are willing to take him in this year's draft. We've seen people mock him as high as top 10. Maybe he slips just under that because I know there's uh, certain concerns within the scouting community. So it's just another name. But the point of that is mentioning Walker, mentioning Karloftis, it's a deep edge class. And if you're looking for a, a top athlete and a top guy, that's the position most likely to target in the draft early and address defensive tackle and free agency. And you've already done your job at wide receiver. So you kind of see the plan coming together. It, we we kind of suspected that's what it was going to be, but it's nice to go step-by-step step of where all these players are potentially falling for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm getting excited. Look, I, I love this week. I mean, because you look, everything, the combine, all that stuff. Yes. The NFL league is, you know, new league year, all of this stuff. But until players start basically moving around, you know, to me, that is when the league year begins. Um, and obviously we're about to get to it here. And, you know, for the Browns, Amari Cooper had some action last week, Russell Wilson, Brent, any guy, anywhere going anywhere, a anything you think may happen that might surprise some people here today, tomorrow. I, I don't have any major surprises simply because Cooper was that surprise, right? Uh, I know that's a bit of a cop-out, but as I stated earlier, the biggest buzz at, at the combine was simply Cleveland was going to go all in and wide receiver. We just didn't know exactly how. So I will say this, if they may not be done at the position. I know it's going to be a hard sell, and I know the argument I just made against it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Allen Robinson still came into the equation. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave a bigger contract to someone like Russell Gage. So while I think there's other paths the team should take for proper roster building, one thing we know about Andrew Barry and one thing we've heard all along is that when there's a problem area on the team, he's going to attack it with gusto. And it's not just going to be one guy. He's going to go full guns blazing to fix that position. And if that's what they've identified with wide receiver, which is what we seemingly have been led along this, this entire path, 
if they can get something done, and I'm not saying it's it's it, it's not entirely on Cleveland because obviously the individuals in question have to make that decision as well. But I don't think they're completely done at wide receiver. I think they will want to do something and make a legitimate impact there. Um, so that would be, it may not be surprising for people to hear that, but I think just from a standpoint of logistically, to me, it would be a surprise, even though I, I expect them to go full, full bore ahead towards addressing wide receiver beyond Amari Cooper. All right. So you heard it here. Bleacher Reports, Brent Sobolewski. It is going to be a crazy day here. Uh, Brent, I uh, hope you worked out the fingers, maybe got that nice hand massage. I'm not saying where you went for the hand massage. I'm just ho- hoping you're ready. Carpal tunnel, all good to go here. Um, so Brent Sobolewski, make sure you follow well, at Brent Sobolewski. measure my hands wider than eight and a half inches. You know, I, I got I to get past the Kenny Pickett stage in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to get that full keyboard action in there. Absolutely. Uh, so again, make sure you follow on Brent. Obviously, Bleacher Report be a ton of content coming out over the next few days as you know the information starts to pull pour in here around noon today as we start uh you know nfl legal tampering aka nfl free agency i don't know what legal tampering essentially means but for me sounds like nfl free agency to me uh show itself locked on browns follow back account dms are open me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd uh it's gonna be a wild one here today appreciate everybody who makes locked on browns their first listen Day in, day out, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're following, subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews. This has been your daily delivery of all things Doll Pound, LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.